welcome in this place. Have your way, Lord. How many of you are waiting for something to come to pass? You got to stand firm. Don't let anybody move you off that target now, including yourself. Stay on target. Star Wars, 1977. <laughs> Stay on target. Watch it when you get home, you'll see. Quote is accurate. God wants you to win. God, God wants you to have what you desire. He really does. How many of you have kids in here? Shout amen. amen. You want them to have what they desire? There you go. Then he wants you to have what you desire. It will come to pass if you stand in faith. If it's a promise of God, if it's some goofy, nefarious thing, it's like a gnat. But if it's a promise of God, if it is in his word and it is guaranteed to the believer, it will come to pass. But you're going to have to stand in faith. You're going to have to ward off all opposition. And this is the message I was actually going to preach on January 1st, but I decided not to because I thought it wouldn't be positive enough. As I was going to preach about persecution and opposition, you have three types of opposition. I'm just, I, I'm just dovetailing off the old message series today, but I'm going to just lay the groundwork for the next message series, which kind of starts today and kind of starts next week, kind of, sort of titled Opposition, because I really haven't titled it yet, but I felt inclined to the Spirit to speak about it this morning, and just that song confirms it. Opposition will come your way. But you're gonna, listen, you're gonna have to name it out loud. I might start preaching about this, I might not get to the message, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to get to the message. You're gonna have to name the opposition out loud. So you're gonna have to know what your opposition is. Most Christians don't know what their opposition is. Oftentimes what they think is their opposition is their ally, and what they think is their ally is their opposition. So you're gonna have to be able to know, you're gonna have to, be, have to be able to discern the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Now who was that written to in the second chapter of the, of the, of the book of 1 Corinthians? If it was written in the book of 1 Corinthians, then it was written to the church saying to saved people, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. There is a way that seems right. Look at me. Seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Just because it seems right, just because it feels right, doesn't make it. There's a way that seems right. Oftentimes the natural man, the natural side of us, which one's bigger in your life, the spiritual side or the natural side? The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. Most Christians, the things of God are actually foolishness to them. So that's why they think their ally is their opposition. Look, look at me, I'm your ally. You're the meanest preacher I know, but I'm your ally. You tell, you tell people that they're going to hell, that's because they are. Why would I lie to them? I also tell them, God wants you well. God wants you wealthy. You sleep with your girlfriend? See you in hell. 
It's the way it is. That's not me. That's the Bible. That's the Word of God. You want to tape up your genitals and twerk them in front of an eight-year-old girl? You can die and go straight to hell. And I'm not calling you by your female name. Like, what on earth? This guy's talking about taping up genitals. Listen, we need to talk about this stuff. Out loud in the church. Why not? Why would you not? Nobody ever heard the word genital? That's why nobody knows what sex they are anymore. Nobody says the word genital, I guess. But I'm your ally. Somebody who speaks the truth in your life is an ally to you. But it may feel like opposition. I'm gonna tell you some things you're clapping now. I'll see if you're clapping later. <laughs> but you're gonna need to name your opposition out loud. I think the girls that are covered up in the front, I, can't, I know there's lots of other people wearing blankets. Oh, there's no one. It's funny, it is cold in here. <laughs> I did, I walked in here, I'm like, man. It is cold in here, holy moly. <laughs> I'm not even sweating. Usually, I got a trickle, like the Colorado River rolling down my back. I don't even have that this morning. Some of you northerners, you brought the weather with you, didn't you? <laughs> but you're gonna have to be able to name your opposition out loud. If you don't know what's your enemy, how are you gonna fight them? If you can't name it, how are you gonna fight it? You got three enemies. Well, you're like, three enemies? Yeah, you got three enemies. Most of you think it's just the devil. Listen, now, now get ready. I'm going to see if you amen this. Most of you aren't worth the devil's time. I wasn't worth the devil's time for 50 out of my 55 years. You think I'm being hard on you? It wasn't the devil that was destroying me. It was the gray matter between my ears that, were just, that was destroying me. Now, if I just told you that I'm 55 and I wasted 55 years, that I wasted 50 out of 55 years, you can't be offended. I just lumped myself into your category, and that category being, you ain't worth the devil's time. He's not omnipresent. He's not the Holy Ghost. He has to dispatch his soldiers. Well, the devil's just, how, why is the devil coming down on you? You don't even tithe. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you tithe, he says he'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. Amen. You don't ever share your faith. You don't lay hands on the sick. You're like, Tom, I do. Well, look at me, look at me. That's not, this isn't for you. I don't appreciate what he said in there. Well, it's not for you then. So there's people that it is for, and for 50 out of 55 years, it was for me. And I liked guys like me. At least they could possibly bring me back to life. I couldn't attend another church but if it wasn't like this. I couldn't attend a church that wasn't like this. I'd be bored out of my mind. Oh, you know, just want to amen. You know, we just got a brand new message series that we pulled offline this morning for you. It's called I'm okay and, and you're okay and let's all just sing that together. <laughs> do da do da. <laughs> I 
should go to, you should go to a church. That's 2 Timothy 4.2. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. If you aren't going to the wrong church. The three enemies you have. You have the devil. Here's number one. You have your carnality. And you have the world. The world system, which is birthed out of the culmination of the devil and carnality. The spirit of the world. And you're going to need to identify out loud what is this opposition that I'm facing right now? The devil, the devil, the devil. Listen, you, you're rebuking demons and there ain't any. Devil, get out of the room. The only devil in the room is your carnality. It's you that's holding you back. Unless, unless you are winning the loss by the hundreds, shaking the kingdom of hell, Devil ain't gonna dis dispatch somebody to you. He's not Yahweh. He's not omnipresent. He can't be everywhere. That's why he wanted to be God. That's why he fell like lightning. Who in the world is dumb enough to poke Yahweh? I'll get to this message at some point, but here's another side note. You know, there's people that are out there that are just sinning. I have compassion on them. I consider myself chief among sinners. Some of that, that bothers some of you because you're like, you know what, Tom, you're not a sinner anymore. I know, I know, I get it. I'm talking about the old Tom. Chief, I consider myself chief among sinners. And I have compassion on them. I'm like, you know, the, the, the guy or the girl that is sleeping with their girlfriend or boyfriend because they just can't be alone. They can't, they can't stand the night alone. They gotta go to the bar. Whoever, you know what, they gotta, every week they just can't wait for Friday at five o'clock to get that 12 pack so they can go and medicate. They're just people who are sinning. I get it. They, they, they situationally lie to get themselves out of trouble. Get pulled over by the, by the cops, the blue lights are on behind you. What was I doing, officer? You know what you're doing. Why are you lying right now? How many of you done that? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Do you know why I pulled you over? Yes, yeah. I, you know, obviously, I pulled over hundreds and hundreds of people in my life. Do you know why I pulled you over, sir? I, I have absolutely no idea. Um, you're going 117 miles an hour, and you have no idea why I pulled you over. Lie. But I have compassion on people like that. They're, they're just sinning. They're going to hell, but they're sinning. Tom, you shouldn't talk like that. I'm not. I, I'm called to be a witness for Jesus Christ. That's him talking. That's the word of God. Revelation 21.8. And all liars shall not shall have their part in the lake of fire, which burns with fire and brimstone. Not me. Well, I never heard these things in my church before going to the wrong one. They're preaching to, to you an idyllic and an idolatrous Christianity that doesn't actually exist. There's a way that seems right. But its end is the way of death. That you're going to have to be able to name that which is your opposition out loud. What is holding me back? Why don't I? And now for, now for some people, for some people, they, they don't really have any goals. Their, their goal really, they're so lost 
in their everyday world, they really have no idea how ineffectual as a believer they are. That's carnality. That's actually carnality. Don't waste your years. Well, someday we'll all be in heaven. But you only get one shot at this, and the reason, there's a reason why. There's a Revelation 21, 4, and 5 that God has to wipe away tears. Don't waste your life here. Don't waste any more of it. But you have the people who are just sinning. You got the Christians who are doing nothing. I don't have any compassion on us. None. We should know better. You got a Bible. Got the Holy Ghost. Got a relationship with God. It should never be boring. There is never a day I don't pray. Ever. There is never a day I don't speak in tongues. Ever in my life. Well, Tom, I would like to have a ministry like yours. Well, then get busy. Get busy. Now you're gonna be you're gonna be facing opposition. So I have I have compassion on the person who is just struggling with sin. I do. But then you have the wicked that are directly opposing God. Right, right out of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 3 through 8. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. Sorry, Calvinist. That's all over the Bible. Sorry, there's a way. It seems right. Man, I love to be able to once saved. I love to be once saved, always saved. Yeah, it's just not, it's just not the Bible. I know it's, it seems right because of your version of Jesus, but it's not right. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself against all that is called God or that is worshiped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, the wicked have that trait. Just do what we tell you to do. Trust the science. You know what I would have you do with the science. <laughs> and science is never settled. Science is a, is, a, is a contentious argument at all times, but you're just supposed to trust what some man says. See, these people are actually wicked. They are going against God himself. On them, if they want to repent, great. But on them, I have very little compassion. They have looked God in the eye and said, no. As a matter of fact, it's not just no. I'm opposing you. I'm coming against you. That is the spirit of the world. Again, carnality mixed with Satan. The spirit of the world. They are wicked. The sinner is just carnal. The wicked and the sinner are going to share the same hell, but a different level of hell on earth when God comes against them. God, listen, the redneck who can't wait for the Bud Light on Friday, God is like, come on, come on, come to me. For the wicked, you're poking the bear. You're, you're gonna be lucky to stay alive. And Pastor Rodney always said, if you come against the church, you better measure yourself out for a coffin. I ain't gonna hurt you. And since there's been 17 million excess deaths in the last three years, nobody talks about it, except for the Tom Lively podcast. 
Alex Jones, Greg Locke, a few other people, Rodney R. Brown, a few others, Steve Bannon. Not many people will talk about it. Get banned off of YouTube if you talk about it. The people who are banning people, wicked. Why would you want, why, for everyone practicing evil hates the light. Does not come to the light lest their deeds be exposed. John chapter three, verse 20. Why would you not want truth spoken? Why would you not, public, why would you not want public debate? I'll publicly debate anybody. You can bring the Fouch up here right now, and he's only about this tall, but you'd have to bring him out right here. Put a little elf hat on him. Bring him up here. Tell you, you gotta see it. He's the smallest person you've ever seen. You're like, Tom, you shouldn't denigrate the small. I am. In his case. In his case. If you're small in here, love you. Not afraid to debate him. I would I'd gladly debate him. No, no, no problem whatsoever. Anthony, explain to me how, why there's 17 million excess deaths over the last three years. What, what, why'd they start in 2021? Can you just explain that to me? And we, can we put some light on that? And then the lies start. Safe and effective. Safe and effective. What the clinical trials where 1,223 people died in one year? And more people died in your clinical trial of COVID who were vaccinated than unvaccinated. You're like, Tom, this is politics. <clears throat> Opa's talking to me about a couple and, and they came or tried the church or whatever. And it was just too political for one of, one of them. I'm like, how, where was this politics? You, you, you see me with a giant uh, red elephant on my forehead? <laughs> Listen, I vote in accordance to the Bible, whatever's closest to the Bible. I'm not saying any of the people I vote for are Christians. Not one. I don't know if, if any of them are. I just go, which one's closest to the Bible? Now, if you want to pull a baby out of the womb, piece by bloody piece, okay, I vote for you. I'm not, not going to poke that bear. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Your, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. In your book, they all were written the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. No, thank you. I don't poke that guy. I leave Yahweh alone. I want his mercy, not his justice. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't sit there and kill the ones that he, before he, he knew us, before he formed us, and you're gonna kill us? That's what the vaccination program is. It's just another glorified abortion. Because they're, they're following, they belong to their father, the devil. That's a whole lot different than the man who's bellied up to the bar listening to Hank Williams Jr. Why do you drink? I don't know. Why do you roll smoke? I don't know. Why must I live out the songs that you wrote? You guys don't remember that? How many of you remember that? Hank Williams Jr. I'm gonna listen to that when I get home. That's good. Family tradition. Again, that, that, that guy's not getting the eyes of the Lord fixed upon him. The person who's killing 17 million of God's beloved and the most wicked, nasty sinner on the planet is still God's beloved. Who God is yearning to reach out and save that person. Even the Fouch. Even the Pelos. (laughs) 
Oh, there comes the politics again. I wouldn't even mention, if it was about taxes and roads, I wouldn't talk about them. It's about killing people. I'm talking about you. Because I want those people saved. Because I'm actually their ally, and they consider me their enemy because there's a way. That's right. That's right. Are these things good or evil? You're going to remember this from three, four weeks ago. This is what I was supposed to preach on January 1st. Not by God or anything, but what I thought I was going to preach on January 1st. Are these things good or evil? Poverty? Is it good or evil? Disease? Infirmity? Lack of knowledge? Bad marriages? Stupidity? Depression? Anxiety? I could, I could, we could go on and on. Now, most Christians embrace them. They don't, they don't call them evil. Tom, that person is depressed. No, that person is self-consumed. I've been depressed before. You know why I was depressed? I was consumed with myself. I pretty much spent 10, 12, 15 years depressed every Monday. Like, why would that be? Because I dealt with all the Christians on Sunday. (laughs) And I let it bother me. All the ridiculous arguments. You know, I just, I really believe that we need to be, on, be in church on Jesus' birthday. How, how could we possibly miss Jesus' birthday on the 25th? Um, numb nuts? It's not his birthday. And here's the other thing. Nobody knows what his birthday was. <laughs> so do I love Christmas and Santa Claus and Christmas lights. You should have seen my house. I love all that stuff, but I'm not religious about it. You got to deal with it. I, have, I wrote myself a little list. You know, I'm going to break that up. Where is it? There it is. There it is. Wrong list. I just wrote down some of these things this morning that Christians fight over. People want to come. You want, like I tell you all the time, my wife, tell, my wife tells you, stop saying this, stop saying that. I'm like, she's right. She usually is. Do I do it? No, but she's right. <laughs> I get so mad at my dog for not listening to me. You know, I don't listen. But I don't listen. She's like, stop telling people to schedule an appointment with you because there's certain things you're not going to talk. I'm not going to talk to people about ridiculous crap. If you, have, if you have a problem, like, I mean, you need help, your marriage is falling apart, I'm here for you. Okay, your kids are about to starve, I'm here for you. Just about everybody I give money to leaves the church, though. I guess they want to go loot the next church. Truth is truth. Now, you, you get, like, people who have been with me for a long time, like Heather, she just can't help it. She says it. You're like, well, I'm going to give that person money. They're probably going to leave. There's people in here that didn't. And I love you. You're great. And listen, you're like, well, you shouldn't look down. I, listen, I've gotten money from people in the church in time of need, myself, as the pastor of this church. Not recently, but I have. I had a buddy of mine bail me out. I've told you this before. 
But on my way to Tuesday night prayer, I hit a raccoon, I'm not a raccoon, a bobcat, on River Road, and I was going 73 miles an hour. Just, and I was driving, what was that, a Ford Focus. That just, that's a muscular car right there. That's just a man's man. I had the, I had the Ford Focus station wagon. It's about as long as my wingspan right here. I hit that thing and it absolutely destroyed. I mean, there was no avoiding it. I'm going 73 and we just clock. It was like they come sprinting out of the woods and hunted me at Mach 1. Boom! Obliterated my transmission. Gone. 1,800 bucks. I had nothing. This was 2007. Hope had lost her job. I was working seven days a week. I did seven days a week for two straight years without a day off. Without one day off, nothing, because of the, this is where we're at. I had nothing. I couldn't, listen, you know what kind of harrowing sort of tribulation would be for me. I couldn't even go to McDonald's. <laughs> you talk about trials and tribulations. <laughs> nothing. Obliterated my transmission. I had a friend of mine who was an attorney in the church. And he said, I'll take care of it. So people have bailed me out too. Water system went out. I had another buddy of mine in the church. $600. I didn't have $600 in 07, 08. I had nothing. Not a dime. And I had people bail me out too. I didn't bail on them though. So here's some of the ridiculous things. And this is why you're going to need to be able to name your opposition. Because you're supposed to be raising the dead. And you're having an argument about hymnal versus modern. Volume inside of the church. Now it's too loud. Put your fingers in your ears. <laughs> that's all you gotta do, right? That's uh, this, this white boy dance. That's, how I, you know, that's, that's all I do during worship. That's all I got. Hope tell, that, see, it's all the same, really, you know. And Hope tells me to dance at weddings. Okay. That's all I got. <laughs> well, won't you dance with me? Okay, I'll go on and dance with you. That's all I got. So all you gotta do is put two fingers in them. Use your index fingers, they're nice and lean. If they're too fat, use your pinkies. Plug your ears. And somebody told me that last night. I visited your church, but it was just too loud. Oh man, come on. Plus, we have earplugs. Put them in there. You, try, you, can't, you can't fill an auditorium this size with quiet music. Sound like a funeral in here. But you're supposed to be raising the dead and giving sight to the blind and performing all sorts of miracles. You're supposed to be giving provision to the poor. But you're poor. But you know why? Here's my other one. Because you're arguing about whether it should be King James or NIV. Should I have a Christmas tree? Tom, is it wrong for us to have Santa Claus uh, statues around that? No, nobody gives a crap. <laughs> you should be worrying about, am I sinning? Not Santa Claus. Well, you know, you add an, you add an end to that name, Santa. You know what I mean. You, know what I, you, got, you got almost, you almost have Satan there. It would be Santan, but... 
It's close. I've heard that before. Santan. Sounds like a sunscreen. Sunscreen brand, Santan. And argue about Paul's thorn in the flesh. You want to argue about the second coming? Why don't you go win the lost? Nobody definitively knows any of these things, nor will you ever know. You want to talk about flat earth? Well, I believe the Bible says this about the earth. I believe the Bible says, who gives a crap? (laughs) Worry about whether you're sinning or not. Worry about whether your kids are sinning or not. I judge a lot of your kids in this church. I see how it gets quiet now, doesn't it? Because a lot of you don't think you're allowed to judge, don't you? You think, oh, you should never judge. That's not true. I know you hear this all the time. I know what I say over and over again. It's because there's new people in here. And for those of you that are new, listen. (laughs) Dig your claws in. You got to hang in there like three months. Three months. You never go anywhere else. Trust me. Trust me. You got to dig in there. You got to dig in. You got to dig in. It'll be all right. It's It's all Bible. All Bible. Unfiltered. No restraint. No agenda. Amen. Finally at a church that's free. Amen. I'm, not, I'm not trying to, to build a congregation. I'm trying to preach the word. If the word builds the congregation, great. Aaron's giving me updates. What do we got? Oh, wow. Okay, we're getting close to a record again. We're online. 444. Those of you, red, red light. Those of you that are watching online, I forgot to talk to you last week. Love each and every one of you. 444, watching right now online with you. Love you guys. Stick with us. Don't go to a lukewarm church. If you're watching in Michigan right now, there ain't no churches in Michigan. There isn't. Name them. Just a bunch of mask wearing, six foot distancing, N95 wearing, First vax taken, second vax taken, third vax taken, fifth vax taken, now on the eighth vax now. It's an absolute fact. Those of you that are 65 or over, they're coming for you. Got to shrink the earth's population now so they can have their little globalist playground. Now you can take your playground. Jazzmack, take the monkey bars. But you need to, you need to, you're, you're sitting here, you're trying to get solid in the Lord. Well, someone's going to bring one of these ridiculous arguments to you. Christmas, who cares? Halloween, who cares? I love all the people who are anti-Halloween. It's funny. They're anti-Halloween, so they have a fall festival. Um, we don't do Halloween. We do fall festivals around here. Um, we don't believe in trick-or-treating, so we do trunk-or-treat. A bunch of religious Pharisees. Where do you get all of this from? Oh, right here. 2 Timothy 2.23. This is nothing. I was not going to preach any of this. I don't know what I'm doing right now. <laughs> Same thing as last week. I didn't preach any of the messages last week. 2 Timothy 2.23. Sorry, you guys in the back. Do the best you can. Love you. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes. You know what that means? Instead of winning the lost, instead of raising the dead, instead of giving sight to the blind and provision to the poor, you're involved in foolish and disputes about whether the earth is flat or not. I can't stand, I can't believe anybody would ever think that the earth is flat because, you know, you'd see the circular moon. I, I agree with you. You ain't going to win. 
If they're anti-Santa, they're anti-Santa. If they're pro-Santa, they're pro-Santa. Who cares? You're like, Tom, I thought the Bible was let your yes be yes and your no be no. No, you need to know what your opposition is. You need to know where the Bible stands. Where does the Bible stand on all this stuff? Where does, where does it actually stand on it? It's great to talk about it in the new year because all these days are coming again. Eastar is coming soon. That's what it is. It's pagan. Everybody knows. Nothing to do with the resurrection of Jesus. It just was morphed into that. Where do you get this from? I'm studying to show yourself approved. Just read a history book. Tom, but we sell, yeah, because we just morph it into Easter Resurrection Sunday. We morph it into that. It's like, how many of you, was, when you were a child, how many people in here are over 40? Shout amen. amen. All right, so for you, how many of you ever trick-or-treated? Shout amen. 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 Now for you, was it about Satan? <laughs> Dana Carvey, Saturday Night Live, 1980s. Was it? Remember church lady? That's how a lot of Christians are. Satan. For me, I had nothing to do with Satan. What, did, what do you think it had? You, listen, there's friends of mine here, and a lot of you know, yeah, what did, what did it have to do for me? Candy. That's what I cared about, candy. When I was a kid, you used to bring a pillowcase. I lived in urban sprawl off of a Navy base. It was one house right after another, one house right after another. I mean, thousands of them, one house. I mean, no further apart than me and Hope. One house right after another. But you go out by yourself. You're nine years old, parents. Go out. No, nobody would touch you. Nobody, nobody would dare. You're surrounded by Marines. There's Marines everywhere. You think a Marine is going to let some child molester pick you up? No, the child molester wouldn't live for two seconds on that street trying to abduct an eight-year-old girl. The Marines would run him down and beat him to death, and nobody would even think about it. Hey, just make sure you drag the body out in the woods. Vultures would get it. Vultures got to eat, same as a worm. Outlaw Josie Wales. <laughs> but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. What was Paul's thorn in the flesh? Why do you care? When, you know, when do you think the second coming is? When, what do you, where do you think the Antichrist is? You know what? Just read it. No one knows about the day or hour, and you're going to get it. Matthew 24, 36. Not even no one knows the day or hour. And that specific verse, it says no one knows about it. And you're going to fight about it? Tom, I'd like to have a meeting with you, Tom, to discuss where you stand on mid-trip, post-trip, mid-trip, 75-trip. No thanks. Don't schedule an appointment with me. You know what? I'm not taking it. I'm not going to debate with you about things. I'm not going to sit here and debate with you about hardcore biblical fact. Um, Tom? I'm living you know, with my girlfriend right now, and we don't think it's wrong because in the eyes of God, we're married. No, you're not. Where's your, where, show me your marriage certificate. It's just in our eyes. You know, we, went, we went on a on summer solstice. And it was the full moon. My aunt's a Wiccan witch, and she just said, she had some crow feces, and she threw it at us. And, You're not married. Don't schedule an appointment with me because all I'm going to do is tell you you're not married. And you're going to die and go straight to hell if you don't get married. You're welcome. Talking about if you're sleeping together. You can go to heaven, not married. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes. That's why I won't take the appointment. I'm not going to give myself be pulled into this garbage. I'm not going to do it. 
Romans 14, 14. So what I was going to say earlier was, I thought everything was just so hardcore. It is, with the exception of this. Here it is. Ready? Romans 14, 14. If God is ambiguous, what should you be? Yeah, afraid to answer. Okay. If God is ambiguous about something, what should you be? You should be the same. You should be ambiguous. All right. So what is God when it comes to Halloween? What is God when it comes to Christmas? What is God when it comes to Easter? What is God when it comes to Thanksgiving? What is God when it comes to King James versus New King James? Well, let's look. Romans 14, 14. I know who wrote the book of Romans. Writing to the church at Rome. I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean of itself. But to him who considers it to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Pretty ambiguous, is it not? What is he talking about here? Fornication? Lying? Adultery? No, he's talking about food sacrificed to idols and religious holidays. And Christians have been fighting over them for years. I think I probably have had more people leave this church over Christmas than just about anything other than my teaching about the book of Revelation. I did a series on the book of Revelation. I think, I, I think half the church left. That was like 12 years ago. But I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus nothing is unclean of itself. Nothing. He's not talking sin. He's talking about ceremonial holiday things. Can I eat, if, it, if, you, if there was, okay, how many of you have gone to an Indian restaurant? Oh, that's been blessed by a Buddhist priest. Did you eat the food? You can die, go straight to hell. You, you ate food that was blessed by a Buddhist monk. That's why that curry sent me to the bathroom. No, it's just curry. <laughs> you had to do the Potomac two-step. You had to walk with your... That's just the curry. That's not God's wrath. <laughs> Don't you hate that too? It shows you the power of the mind, doesn't it? You ever had that problem? And like as soon as you, as soon as like you're having that problem and you got like 15 minutes to go. <laughs> Happened to me in the melting pot in uh, Sarasota. I am a connoisseur of butter, but butter is not a connoisseur of me. <laughs> Tends to grease the skids, so to speak. <laughs> Soap and I were on some glorious like anniversary night. We're up and we had a friend of ours, a teenager babysitting Tommy. Tommy was little. We go up the melting pot. And Hope's like, please don't. I'm not looking at it right now because I know she's telling me, don't tell this story. Don't tell this story. But I, and for my police friends in the room, statute of limitations is, is off. So we had done the melting pot, and I literally dipped every last thing in butter. I think I dipped my chocolate in butter. I was dipping everything in butter. Ooh, lobster with butter, steak with butter, chicken with butter. So we're cruising home, and now we're in Sarasota. We live in South Venice. So we've got a solid 50 minutes. And about eight minutes into the ride home, the percolation begins. And Hope's trying to talk to me, and I got beads of sweat. And I said, listen, listen, 
I can't talk anymore. <laughs> I got to concentrate on what I'm doing. Every ounce ever. <laughs> I'm bringing all my energies to bear on this one thing. And so I was in an unmarked police car. I put the pedal to the metal and blew every single light. Woom, woom, boom, woom, boom, woom. And your mind messes with you because now you not, your mind knows you're close. <laughs> you're close, man. So it gets worse. So I went in, I went to the house and lost 15 pounds in one minute. And that was the end of it. <laughs> You're welcome. That'll be all that you remember from this message today. But. <laughs> Is that Heather laughing? <laughs> I can hear Heather laughing from a mile off. <laughs> I remember walking in the house and the babysitter, who was, I was a youth worker. And she was in the youth group. And I, I walk in there, I can't talk to you right now, I gotta go right now. Good to see you tonight, but I gotta go. <laughs> what that has to do with the message, I have absolutely no idea. So <laughs> I might entertain you. <laughs> so you're going to need to be able to identify. You're going to have to be able to say, you know what? That's carnal and that's stupid. It's a foolish and ignorant dispute. And a lot of times it gets misconstrued. It gets convoluted. It gets conflated with sin. Well, no, we don't, we don't argue about Christmas. We do, you know, that, that's religion. And we don't argue about adultery. That's religion. No, there are very, two very different things according to Scripture. In Scripture, to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. When it comes to festivals, when it comes to Christmas, Halloween, whatever maybe, to him who considers it to be unclean, it's unclean. So what do I do? As somebody who has allowed my kids to trick-or-treat their entire lives, when somebody in the church goes, I, we're against that, I don't go, well, you know what, you're wrong. I go, to you, do you consider it to be unclean? So for you, it is unclean. Those of you that are watching online, we are one from the record. So like and share, like and share, like and share. 477 people watching right now. Love you guys. Love you guys. There's just not many places to go to church. Who's gonna preach this to you? Who's gonna preach about full-scale, five-alarm bathroom emergencies but me? <laughs> You're welcome. So the person, the person's against it, I don't force it, because it's not now. If the person is for pornography, I'm forcing it. That's heaven and hell sin, not Paul's thorn in the flesh. Not flat earth, not hymnal versus, versus uh, new. 
And don't get involved in those foolish industries because God doesn't care. 1 Corinthians 10, 23. This is in the same vein. Why? Because the church was struggling with this. Well, I just believe, you know what? Jesus' birthday, we're going, we've got to celebrate it. Okay, well, tell me what day it is. Uh, December 25th. That's not his birthday, dum-dum. Shouldn't be Adam. You want to celebrate? Celebrate. I do. You know, some people consider it to be unclean to celebrate Christmas. A lot of evangelical Christians, they don't do Christmas trees. You know why? Because it is actually pagan. So they don't do them. You know what I do? I buy the biggest daggum Christmas tree I can find. <laughs> biggest one. Hope and I actually make a point now. If she didn't do it, it would never get done. But she makes a point. because we got to go early because we want the big trees. <laughs> you want the, like, the 12-footers? you got to go early because they go. They go in a hurry. So you gotta, you gotta go. So I go buy the biggest Christmas tree. I, can buy. I know what it is. It's not pagan to me. I don't, it's something I hang ornaments on. It's not, there's, it's not an Ezra pole. Some of you wanna celebrate Festivus. <laughs> Festivus for the rest of us with the Festivus fall and the airing, airing of grievances. <laughs> we have no idea what I'm talking about. For you younger people, just look it up, Seinfeld. But it, 1 Corinthians 10, 23, Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. This is not talking about sin. It's not saying homosexuality is permissible, but not beneficial. It's neither permissible or beneficial. It's not saying fornication is permissible, but not beneficial. Fornication or lust is permissible, but not constructive. It's not talking about that. It's talking about things that God is somewhat neutral on. You want to eat meat, sacrifice idols? Go ahead. You don't, don't. If you consider it to be unclean, don't do it. That does not, that's not about talking about lying. It's not talking about abortion. You need to understand, again, you're going to need to name your enemy. You're going to need to know what sin is versus what is stupid. You can go to heaven stupid. You can go to heaven depressed. You can go to heaven full of anxiety. You can go to heaven smoking cigarettes. You can. I hate cigarettes. Pretty much killed my father. But I'm just telling you, I hate them. But it's not a sin to smoke them. It's not a sin for you to have, and I'm using this on purpose, your Bud Light every day. You got your one bottle you got to have every day. Takes the edge off. I'm not telling you you're going to hell for that. You'll go to hell if you're drunk. So you've got to be able to draw those lines. Yeah. That what's happening today, it is, it's all being conflated by the church. Everything gets lumped into, well, it's just all failure. You know, I've, I've used this example before. You know what? You're, um, you know what, Tom? You're moody, and I watch porn, so we all have our failings. No, I'm going, I'm going to heaven as a moody person. You're going to die and go straight to hell. Well, Tom, we, I just don't agree with that. It doesn't matter whether you agree. We just set a brand new record, 482 people. Thank you, Aaron. Awesome. This is big, folks, big. You know, why is it big? Because I want to grow a large church. No, I want to get the Bible out. I want to get the Bible out. Colossians 2.16. So let no one judge you in food or drink, or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath. I had people get really upset because we didn't have church on Christmas Sunday. Um, do you ever read your Bible? Just like all the people who left the church when we started laying hands on people. When you're commanded in the Bible to 
lay hands on the sick and make them well. And people leave. Why? Because there's a way that seems right. It's not right. You know, I'm just uncomfortable, you know, with people getting touched by God. They convulse. They fall. They don't, nothing happens. Whatever it is, I don't feel anything. I do feel. You shouldn't worry about whether you feel anything at all. You're getting lost in carnality. Name the enemy. Is it the devil? Is it the world? Or is it carnality? Name it. If you're involved in foolish and ignorant disputes, it's not the devil. It's you. It's the gray matter between your ears. That's it. Let no one judge you in food or drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. So people get upset because we didn't have church on a Sunday. Um, or Sabbaths. And by the way, and they would say that to me. Um, we believe that church should always be open on the Sabbath. First of all, Sunday is not the Sabbath. Never has been. Never will be. Saturday is the Sabbath. Sunday is the first day of the week. Sorry. That's an absolute fact, by the way. Well, some people see it. It doesn't matter how you see it. That's the fact. So you're upset about not having church on what is, if you think in Americanized terms, on a Monday. Why would you, why would you, listen, you can be against it and you can be upset. You know what, you can be upset without being offended. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, you know what, I don't agree with, I don't agree with Tom on that. Okay, Let, let's have a discussion. Let's, me and I talk for three hours. There's gonna be a lot of stuff I don't agree about when it comes to what, what you believe. I don't agree with a lot of things. I, I could walk through the parking lot. I don't agree with that car. <laughs> That's buying right into the globalist agenda. God doesn't care. Now, here, now, what do you do with all this? What do you do with it all? Titus 1, 13 and 14. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply. Sharply? We don't, we don't do that in the modern church. That's because the modern church is non-Christ-like. Saying that it's Christ-like because there's a way. It seems right. The way that seems right to people in Jesus' name, is to be not Christ-like. Tolerant and accommodating. Truth-avoiding. You know what people need? They need, they need, listen, do you, know what, do you know what the jerk needs? Don't raise your hands right now. Do not raise your hands. Don't. Seriously, don't. How many of you live with the jerk? Don't raise your hands. There are people that do it in here. I know you folks. I know you. you everybody in here is like red-pilled and out there, bold. And some of you are like, yeah, that's exactly what my wife needs right now. Oh. Matter of fact, oh. Double, baby, for you, double. My wife loves it because I always, whenever, whenever she does something right, I go, you know what, babe? That's double thumbs up. Double thumbs up. She hates it. So you know what I do? I keep doing it. And that's why she's tempted to raise her hand right now. <laughs> this witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply. The jerk needs to hear that they're a jerk. Who's gonna tell them? How then can they call upon the one they have not heard? 
How can they hear without someone preaching to them? The jerk doesn't know that they're a jerk because there's a way that seems right. They believe that this jerkiness has worked out well for me. Somebody needs to tell them. Someone needs to tell the drunk you're a drunk. Somebody needs to tell the, op- the opioid addict that you're an opioid addict. Well, you know, if I do that, it could hurt our relationship. So how great is the relationship now when you're, when you're in a relationship with a jerk or an addict or a drunk? It'll cause, it'll cause you know, ripples on the water. Who cares? I would, listen, I would fight every single day instead of being scared of my wife. I will never. I am nobody's. I was going to say something I can't say. That, man. I'm not going to be anybody's tool boy. It's not prideful or arrogant. It's ungodly. It's ungodly not to be manly. It's ungodly not to be manly. And it's ungodly, women, for you to try to turn your man into an unmanly man. You're like, why do you always talk about this? Why do you think I do? Why do you think I do? Because we have a demanding of society. Women, they'll leave you alone for now. But half of all abortions are women. I love all those women activists. Well, we're all for women, women's rights. What about the, there's 42 million butchered in the womb per year? 21 million of those are the women that you're an advocate for. Those are women. We're, you know, we're for trans and gay rights. How many gay people are you butchering in the womb? I think they want to be born and be gay. They can go to hell for it, but they'll be born and be gay. This witness is true, wherefore rebuke them sharply. What are we rebuking people sharply about? That they may be sound in the faith. What does this have to do with? Again, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Not giving heed to fables. Getting all excited about things that are fables, that don't matter. Rebuke them sharply. That's what people got today. Rebuked sharply. Amen? So you're going to need to be able to, I'm going to preach for 12 more minutes. Everybody good? I'm going to go back to what I was preaching at the beginning. There's things that we named, poverty, disease, infirmity, lack of knowledge, bad marriages, stupidity, depression, and there are many other things. You need to call them what they are. Don't get medicated, call it evil and rebuke it. They want you medicated and controlled. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let them burden you again with the yoke of slavery. I added the thems in there. Do not be burdened again with the yoke of slavery. They want you to live in a 500 square foot cubicle in the middle of a 15 minute city to control your life. Leveraging you into a one world commerce system with a single access point controlled by them called the mark of the beast. Don't give in at all. Call evil that which is evil. Putting a muzzle on your face is evil. That's why the Muslims do it. Because that religion is evil. Anything that is not God, that is not Christianity, accessed exclusively by the blood of the Lamb, is evil. Call it that. Well, you know, there's some good Muslims out there. I know, fine. Their religion is evil. Say it out loud, it's evil. 
You're going to need to do this with yourself. What's holding me back right now? Is it carnality? Is it the world? Is it the enemy? Do you let people bully you? Do you? What I mean by that is I'm not talking about physical necessarily. You know, you got that relative who like every time they walk into the room, it's hell on wheels. Oh, here they come. The whole room changes. Is everybody in the room scared of that relative? Tell that relative to cram it up their own caboose. I'm not living like that. I've never lived like that, nor will I ever live like that. Why? Because I'm prideful and I want to be the dominant one in the room? I'm never the dominant one in the room. You think, you probably, a lot of you probably think I am. Like I go in because I'm loud. No. I just go into every room and just sit there. You know, start up conversations with people. What, how do I conversate with people? I ask them about them. Very easy. A lot of you struggle with dating and everything else. It's not, it's not hard to date. Take them out. Dinner and a movie. It's easy. If they're a lousy person, you got the movie to cover you. <laughs> Speedily get home, drop them off, and that's the last time you ever see them. But all you got to do is get them talking about themselves. It's so easy. That's kind of a side note. Just here to help you in all clinical ways. <laughs> but I'm not, living, I'm not living where I'm dominated. I'm not, I'm not giving that which is holy unto the dogs. Tom, are you calling yourself holy? Yep, Amen. I am. I've been made holy by the blood of the lamb. I walk in that integrity. I walk and I dwell in a city on a hill. I'm not letting some dog tell me what to do. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Neither cast ye your pearls. I am a representative, a son of the living God, just like you are. But a lot of you will not take, you will not take your mantle because Aunt Susie's here. And you know what? At her Thanksgiving, everybody has to be vaccinated and wear an N95 covered by a cloth mask so that we have mass oxygen deprivation so we are all walking around with single-digit IQs because we have no oxygen going into our brain. I'm not doing any of that. We're five away from 500 right now. We're crushing, crushing records. Love all of you online. I'm not living like that. You're not putting a muzzle on my face. You're not telling me to stand six feet apart because you just pulled that out of your rectum. Well, let's see, what can we do? Let me just pull it out of my rectum. Six feet. No. I'm not doing that in Jesus' name. A lot of you consider that to be politics. That's not politics. Amen. It's truth versus lies. Amen. It's exactly what I said last night. Right here, General Flynn was standing right here. Standing right here. And they were all marveling. I can't believe that they will open up their church to this. Why would I not open up the church to, to exposing bold-faced freaking lies? Amen. Why would I not? It's lies. It's not politics. It's lies. Politics is, should we tax at this level, interest rates, uh, more bigger government, smaller government? It's not got nothing to do with it. If you're telling me right now that the border is closed, you're a liar. Amen. I'm going to call you a liar from this pulpit, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. Therefore, it's apolitical. If you ever watch my podcast, you will see me hammer Republicans for being the bent over spineless cowards that they are. Just at 500. Bless you guys. Love you. Love all of you online. God bless you.
Listen, just don't go. Don't go to some mealy mouth, weak church because it's close by. I would never have told you that five years ago, but 17 million vax deaths later, I'm telling you, stick with the right church. So I'll finish with this in these waning moments. If Jesus took all of those things away, sickness, illness, disease, poverty, lack of knowledge, bad marriages, stupidity, and depression, if he took them all away, then their presence is evil. I didn't say you were evil because you're sick. I've been sick. I've been infirmed. I didn't say you were evil. I said that is. That thing is. That thing is evil. It needs to be called evil by name. So the physical, we all know Matthew 8, 17. That it might be fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. That takes care of the physical, amen? No church should have ever closed. He took up your infirmities, carried your diseases. Why, why are you worried about 99.9% survival virus? Why are you eight times vaccinated against the 99.9% survival virus? How does that make any sense to you? Why are you wearing a mask that can't stop a virus? I'm just calling out the lies. Think politics. Well, we can't attend this church. It's just too political. How's that political? Did I tell you where to vote? I just told you a mask is stupid. You know why? Because a mask is stupid. And they keep coming back. Told you this two weeks ago. They got JN1 now that now miraculously causes all the side effects that the vaccine causes. Now they got a new COVID that just somehow causes the exact same side effects that the vaccine does. And while they're telling you to get your seventh and eighth vaccination. To, to, they're telling you to get your seventh and eighth vaccination against another 99.9% survival virus. Howard Stern recently <laughs> got COVID. And he's just astounded. And of course, he does his oath of allegiance. And he says, the, you know, lots of profanity, but he says the basically the worst illness he's ever had. He's seven times vaccinated. You just got the worst illness you ever had. You got the illness that you're seven times vaccinated against and you're espousing its greatness. So that takes care of the physical. Before we close, let's go to the mental. Let's go to the mental. I don't know if I'll have time to get to the, to the financial, but let's do the mental before we close. Amen? Yeah. In six, seven minutes. Here it is, Isaiah 53, 5. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. Every, that's where everybody stops. That's it. Everybody stops. Well, look at the next part, which, by the way, he was wounded for our sins, bruised for our sins. The chastisement of our peace of mind, that's what it means. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All of your depression and anxiety, that's why he bled out through his pores. Because all of your depression and all of your anxiety, all the weight that you feel was put on him. Amen. The chastisement of our peace was put upon him and by his stripes we're healed of it. You never have to spend one second worried. Amen. Not one. It was put onto him. So the presence of worry is evil. The presence of depression and anxiety and angst and heavy burdens, he took them up for you. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly at heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. And we're told in Hebrews 4.11 that we need to earnestly go after his rest. A lot of you think, well, you know, I'm American. I'm American. Let's leave off the A. I'm American. Work ethic. I'm always working, always moving. No, you know what you need to do is be still. You're, car- you're actually, you're carnal in that you never stop working. It's considered an attribute by the world. Name your opposition. An attribute by, in the world's eyes is a detriment in God's eyes. I'm saying, listen, there's people in here that you need to work. That comes into 1 Timothy 5.8. But, but if any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith that is worse than infidel. If your wife's telling you to get your butt to work, why are you, you know? Tom, have you seen that in the church? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, you got you to surf the wave. Some of you need to find rest, and some of you need to get to work. You know which one you are. See, in this, now you've already heard me. I, I talked about doing the, listen, I talked about doing the Potomac two-step this morning. Remember? Remember? So I couldn't be any more transparent. I couldn't be any more self-deprecating. I've got lots of faults and failings. But here's the thing. When it comes to work, I'm on the money. I work hard, and I shut it off. Work hard, shut it off. What am I going to do today? Listen, that's all. I'm not, oh, you know what? Listen, the church, lots of people here. Love, Love each and every one of you. Thank you for being here. I mean, seriously, I love, I love having a, love having a big crowd. They do. There's probably close to 1,000 people in this building today. I mean, listen, four four years of 15 days to flatten the curve ago, there was about 140 people who went to this church, if that. All right? So I'm very, very, very thankful. But when I get home, it's off. It's off. Heather knows. Probably aren't going to get a hold of them today. Aaron knows. Now, Heather can just walk over. And she will. There's no stopping her, just like there's no stopping my wife. But it's off. Some people, some people might think, you don't work hard. I don't care what they think. I do what God tells me to do. Rodney Howard Brown says, do what God tells you to do. Nothing more, nothing less. Nothing, what's the first one? More. And nothing less. Because the chastisement of our peace was upon him. I'm walking in it. I like being at peace. I'm not at peace enough. I struggle in that. You're like, I can't believe it. You seem so calm. (laughs) No, I struggle. I I don't struggle with confrontation. I'm always kind of like itching for a fight, and I got to back up. I told you last week, I'm trying to make 2024. Is it already over? No, good. It was 2023, right? Yeah, it was 2023. I'm trying to make 2024 the first year in a decade that I didn't nearly get in a fist fight. <laughs> you're like, Tom, you're a pastor of the church. I'm not claiming to be faultless. I'm not claiming to be faultless at all. I'm claiming to be sin-free. Whatever sin that I struggle with, I am currently in a state of repentance. And in my mind, I will never sin again. Ever. Now, what I'm trying to do is go to another level of not being still 
a 17-year-old boy walking around in a, in a 15, 55-year-old life. Try not to do that. Occasionally, Aaron's laughing because Aaron gets to see it firsthand. When I, because Aaron's usually around when the meltdown happens. <laughs> I'm going to try to make this year a year that I don't bite Will's head off in the middle of the podcast, Aaron's head off in the middle of the podcast. Come on! Next slide! Where is it? Why is this not happening? <laughs> and not in some nefarious situation nearly get into a fist fight. I'm trying to happen, make that happen this year. 2 Timothy 1.7, this is the mental. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Now give what's the first word? He's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Power. That's how you win the lost. You don't win the lost by sympathizing with them and lowering your standards and becoming as close to them as you possibly can and giving your endless testimony how you were once a worse sinner than they were. You win them by power. My message and my preaching, we're not with wise and persuasive words. Wise and persuasive words, you know, I was once like you. I know you're an alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic. I'm okay. You're okay. You know, it's all all right. It's not how you win them. My message and my preaching, we're not with wise and persuasive words. I'm not trying to persuade anybody, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. You want to win people? I'm telling you, that's what Jesus did. I'm done right here. Done. You want to win people? Demonstrate his power demonstrate it. What problem do they have? Deliver them from it right now. Put your hands on them. Just simply ask them. Can I I'll tell you this in closing. I was walking. And you, everybody knows I walk all the time. walk dog all the time. I do a lot of praying every day while I'm walking. I'm all alone, speaking in tongues. Dog pays no attention to me on the walk. He's literally, like, you think I'm walking a dog like this? No, he's 150 yards in front of me. You're like, what kind of, I mean, I literally, I walk him at night. I don't even see him. He takes off running. And I'll go like this. I'll make this noise. And I flash my light, and then he'll turn around, and I see his glowing eyeballs in my flashlight. That's it. So I'm walking alone. I'll walk alone. And I hope to hear not the horrible screeches of animals that he's killing. But I'll tell you the latest one. Whenever you think it can't get worse. The other night, I hear him. Getting into it with the raccoon. So he's got the raccoon, and I'm get, getting up to him as quick as I can get up to him, and I'm screaming at him, let it go. It's 3 o'clock in the morning, though. You're like, Tom, what are you doing? That's how I am. I'm an odd person. I mean, I do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. It's 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm up. Sometimes I go to bed at 6 o'clock in the morning. Sometimes I go to bed at 11 o'clock at night. You never know. But I'm out walking. I can't scream too loud because the neighbors are out there, and they're going to hear me screaming. So I'm doing the best I can, getting old. I get, finally get up to him, and he's attacking this raccoon. And I always hear somebody in front, oh, I know. I feel bad for him, too, and I try to help him. I really do. I mean, I'm giving it all I got. So I finally get up to him, and now, for the first time in his life, he looks up at me, symbolically giving me the middle finger, <laughs> grabs the hold of the raccoon, and runs off with him. <laughs> in his mouth. A live, giant Raccoon, he's running like the biggest, pro like, like me with a bag of M&M's. <laughs> put it down, put it down, screaming. I'm like, God. <laughs> I go home and I'm literally like shell-shocked. I, I walk in the house and I'm like, 
I don't even know what to do with myself right now. I have no idea. But here's the good story. So I'm walking down basically right near there. In there, and this is a credit to everybody in this room because you did it. There's a neighbor of ours. He's a younger guy um, who got uh, diagnosed with, I mean, heavy duty, stage four cancer all over his body. I mean, out of nowhere, out of nowhere. So we came in as a church. This was how long? About a year ago, somewhere in there. Is it that long? It's been, over, it's been, yeah, maybe it, I don't think it's been two, three because it was pre, it was pre, I mean, it was post-2021. But anyway, so it was a year, two, I hope it says two years ago. So in that part, in that, in that range. So he, he lives in my neighborhood, but he also has a business. And his business, it's like heating and air conditioning or something. And it's not heating, but whatever it is. Plumbing, plumbing. So he was on the side of the road. And he came out and was talking. Well, we see each other every day because you know, just waving or whatever. And his name's Chris. And he was talking to me, and he, go, and he goes, hey, listen, I just wanted to tell you, this came out out of nowhere. So I wanted to tell you thank you. And, and I was like, this is so bad. But I'm like, I don't really know what we did for you, but you're welcome, because my wife and Heather do it all. So I'm like, I don't know what we did. I don't know what, what they did. But it was just, he said, food, food, and more food. Because when, when he was diagnosed, he was, they had to go into severe treatments. He was out of work, and he owns the business and does all the work. It's a very successful business, but he's out now, so all their income is basically gone. So as a church, we had, we, not me, we had the ability to very easily supply a family because of you. That's how poverty is of the devil. Even when the devil is attacking with disease, poverty is even more of the devil. And you see what I'm saying? Then we as a church came in and supplied that family. And here, so I'm on the side, and he just says, and I like, he's a manly man. He's a manly guy. And big guy. He's at least as tall as me. And not as wide, but as tall. And he goes, I'm about to walk up. He goes, you know what? You got to give me a hug. You just got to give me a hug, you know? And you see, and I, so, you know, a hug on the side of the road. That is a credit to our prosperity that we can do that. That's why I'm telling you, Name your opposition. Because right there, we ran the opposition out. And their kids could relax and be at peace. Because we were helping. And there's probably lots of other people that are helping too. But we as a church, we came through. Amen? Amen. Amen. Worship team, make your way. Every head bowed and every eye closed. We'll do this without any music to begin. Most important part of the service is right now. In these next five minutes. And I don't mean to break, I don't, I, this should not be an ominous moment anyway, but I want to tell you, we just broke the record again. 517 people watching right now. 517 people. That, our old record was 478. We're just crushing records, crushing records this week. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't want this to be ominous. I want you to speak in tongues right now. If you're a believer, speak in tongues. Get the Holy Spirit in this room in power because you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And if you will speak in tongues right now, you are unleashing the Holy Ghost in this room. If you need to come to Christ this afternoon, 1219, 121, 24. If you need to come to Christ now, is your moment. Are you a backslidden Christian? Are you a hard-hearted church kid? Is that you? I don't care if you're 38. I don't care if you're 16. Are you a hard-hearted church kid? Well, I just saw hypocrisy in my home growing up. 
And it just turned me off to Christianity. Shouldn't have. Because your parents are not Jesus. They're people. They're sinners saved by grace. Shouldn't have let that turn you off. How's the world working for you? How, how are those goofy friends working for you? Maybe you've never come to Christ in your life. You walked in here today. I don't even know what born again means. Born again simply means forgiven of your sins. That's it. It's time for you to come home. Each and every category in this place. It's time for you to be forgiven. And it's time for you to come home. The angels will rejoice. Jesus will rejoice. The Father will rejoice. The Holy Ghost will rejoice at your coming. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're ready to get your life right with God, if you're ready to leave all the sin behind, because it's not just committing to Jesus as Savior, it's committing to Jesus as Lord. You leave all of your sin behind. If you fail in the future, you confess it and you get it right. You do not live in it. Because if you live in it, that's a backslidden state. And maybe that's you right now. Maybe you're a backslidden Christian. You've fallen into a lifestyle of sin. I'm not talking about that you struggle with sin. You sin, you get it right. You sin, you get it right. I'm talking about you have backslidden. You have conceded to a lifestyle of sin. Now's your time to get it right. Because that is a hell-bound state. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now have been reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If, if, if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Take heed, brethren, lest any of you, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Don't let it happen. Now is your time. Now is your time. If you need to get right with God this morning, now is your moment. We're not going to do anything after this. So concentrate on this moment and be praying your hearts out right now. If that's you, I'm, all, I'm not going to bring you forward. I'm not taking you into a back room. Nobody's going to know but me, you, and God. I'm going to have you raise your hand and pray a prayer out loud with everybody else. So this is completely anonymous. If you need to get your life right with God, don't do it half-heartedly. Boldly, right now, raise your hand. If it's you, raise your hand. Come on. Raise your hand. Put them up. There you go. I got you. Got you. Got you. All over this room. All right, you can put them down. Now listen, those of you that should have raised your hand, you know that it's you and the Holy Ghost is all over you right now. Don't get comfortable with resisting the tenderness of the Holy Ghost. Don't get, don't get comfortable in that. So you know it's you and you're ready. You know you should have raised your hand. If that, I'm looking for one. If I get one here, I'm gonna count myself a blessed man. You know you should have raised your hand. If it's you, stretch out your hand right now. Praise you, Lord. Got you. Got you. Got you. God bless you. Those of you that lifted up your hands, you can put them all down now. We're all going to pray a prayer out loud with you. You pray it. You mean it. 
you're saved. It's as simple as that. Everybody pray this out loud. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' name. Look at me now, church shouts. Stand to your feet, praise you, Lord. Every hand in the air. Look at me eye to eye, eye to eye, eye to eye. Every hand in the air. If you're not comfortable, listen now, if you're not comfortable, if you're not comfortable, put your hand in the air. Put them up there anyway. There you go, put them up there anyway. Receive this blessing. Lord, for every single human being, Lord, the 500 plus watching right now, and those in this room, Receive this prayer from your brother, from your friend, from your pastor, whatever you, from your podcaster, whatever you call me. Receive this prayer for you right now. Listen now. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Open up the windows of heaven. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Make this the greatest week of their lives. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Give them victory and healing and understanding and a brand new path and a brand new life. The greatest life that's yet ahead. In Jesus' name, church shouts. Love you all. God bless you.